In the Kudusichas Chelik as well, the first sif of Parshas Chayisar, we're going to be using the translation into Lashon Hakodesh. Sefalaf benegil the shemus of Parshas and sparkam and pam rabbis shetechanes shall call Parshas rubis b'shma. Achenu gam benidan Parshasenu shem Chayisara merumus tuichan haParshukula. We spoke many times that the main theme of each Parsha is hinted in the name of the Parsha. Same thing in our parsha. The name of the parsha is Chayasara. Therefore, this name hints to the theme of the entire parsha. So, Tmo a parsha kulai sakis murshla irubisman Chayasara beyoyis v'chayim. Ela andra v'kulim hisrach shul achem hisasar. So, the question is, the all the different uh, topics that are spoken about in this week's parsha happened after the life of Sarah. So the lazy Bavachi who repelled this Manchal Achitiyah, so the Gambitechonim Harahim happened for Chaisar. Not only did they occur after she passed away, but actually the main idea of all these different topics are things which are the opposite of Chaisar. The parasha we show him a super oidus kinius mars machpelai de Avroham of our Akvursar. He says the first parasha, the first topic, speaks about Avram buying a demaris machpelai for the burial of Sarah. So obviously the burial of Sarah is the exact opposite of the life of her Sarah. The second idea was about the entire story of the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka, and in the end of it, it tells that the Yitzchak was consoled regarding after his mother's death, because we know Sarah passed away three years before he got married to Rivka. And, and it says when she died, he obviously was mourning. And once he got married to Rivka, he was consoled. So again, this idea is that he's, Nechama only happens after death. And this is such a, such a, and even more than just after death, here's a Nechama for the death. The Yosef Avram Yikachishov Gamer, and the next Indian, the third Indian, which is in the parsha, and even now more so than the other Inyanim, is that Avram took another wife. So again, that's obviously the opposite of Chayesar. Vahemshech, and then continues Ve'ela told us Yishmael Gamer. Then it speaks about the descendants of Yishmael, which is Kuli Hapecha Muchlet B'Chayesar. Shemitzad Chayesar Al Seder Hanhagi Garshas Amah Hazayis Vespera. So this is all the opposite of Chayesar, because while Sarah was alive, she. Um, she sent away the maid servant and her child. So she was one that sent away Yishmael. And over here at the end of the parasha, it speaks about how Rum remarried Hagar and speaks about the descendants of Yishmael and how he's thriving. So how can we say that the theme of the parasha? Not only that, the entire parasha, its whole idea is Chayasar and that the name, the life of Sarah expresses all the different topics that are spoken about in this parsha, and that is the question of the sicha. So a base, a beer bezeh. He's a pia yidu pepirish diber hagemar Yaakov avinu leimeis v'chulu mazarei b'chaim afu b'chaim. It's known what the gemara tells us that Yaakov avinu did not die. What does that mean? He didn't die because just like his children are alive, so is he alive. Ingen achayin lemitasu chayin yitzchim daf gechay oylem. He says true life is eternal life. Chay oylem, life that lasts forever. Such life of eternal life is only shy for those who are attached to Hashem, because Hashem is the source of life. He is the true uh, eternal being. 
Hashem, our God, is true. He is the God of life. So we see the idea of MS and Chaim go together, and that's only by Hashem. And that says that you who attach yourself to Hashem, you have life. So we're seeing who are the ones, what's true life? True life is only that which is eternal. And that's only by those who are connected to Hashem. So So how do we know when it says that that Yaakov is alive? How do we see that Yaakov Avinu had true life, eternal life, a life of holiness? That's only That's only how do we know it? That's only when we're able to perceive and recognize this eternal life that he has. That his life continues even after his neshama left his body. Meaning is when you only have a limited amount of life, and once the neshama leaves the body, the life is over. But when someone who has eternal life, it doesn't make a difference if the neshama is in the body or not, because he's always alive, he's eternally alive. So if you're able to see that, even after he passes away, that means he had eternal life. So and how do we see that by Yaakov Avinu? So we can see that Yaakov had eternal life because his children are alive. Meaning is, they live in the same way that Yaakov Avinu lived. So the life of Yaakov continues. So that's how we see that Yaakov had eternal life. If it was just a limited uh, life, then once he passed away, it would have been finished. But this that we're able to see that the life continues, even in this world, by his children, that his same lifestyle and his mission in life and his attachment to Hashem, as we're saying, which is the main thing, continues to his children, his children also remain attached to Hashem, then we can see that Hitaka had Amos to life, even in this world. I mean, of course, in Ayyub Haba, um, we can see that, uh, that Yaakov Avinu had eternal life because he's still going to be attached to it. But even in this physical world, you're able to see that he had Chaim Litzchim. But there was a move in so same thing with Sarah's life. That Amos Haimis Gal Umas Imam Chayasara. This is Kashar Shpachne Chayasar Nikaris Gam Lachime Chayaha Bamadim. How do we know and see and recognize that these are the years of Sarah, the life of Sarah, which is eternal? That's only when her life is able to be recognized even after she passes away. Meaning that her holy inyanim and her holy um and then the good things that she's done and her life is continues after her. So if her life is able to continue even after she passes away, then we can see that she had eternal life. So this is that. Only then could we call the 127 years of Sarah the life of Sarah, which means life, which is fitting for the name of the true life of Sarah, our mother. So, in, in other words, then when we're able to recognize that her, what she accomplished, what, her, what, what the meaning, what the tuichen of her life is, and continues to be even after she passes away, that we're able to see it in this physical world, then we know that she had chayim mitzvah, and even we're able to tell that. So that's what we're going to explain. All the different uh, topics in this week's parsha are expressing that she really had chayasar. Because if we only spoke about things which happened when she was alive, okay, so that's when she was alive, but that wasn't Chai Yitzchak, everybody has that. But when do we see that Chai Yitzchak was true life, meaning as highest in the sense that it was eternal life, as we said earlier, which that's the only idea of true life is something which is eternal, is when her life actually continues after she passes away. And then we see, oh, she continuously and eternally lives, even in this world. 
So according to this, we can explain the part of the parsha deals with the marriage of Yitzchak Rivka. Which was Zara Shel Sara. Since the conduct of Yitzchak, who is the child of Sarah, was fitting uh, and fit according to the way that Sarah lived her life. So that means Zara Bechayim, her child is alive. And also we know that Rivka, his wife, also was a tzaddik, is also followed in the ways of Sarim. As the Pasuk says that he brought it to the oil of his uh, of Sarah, his mother. So the Pasuk, it seems like it's missing a word. It says, Yitzchak brought her to the tent. Sarah is his mother. What it should have said is, Yitzchak brought her to the tent. The tent of Sarah, his mother. It's missing the word oil, or it could have written it in a totally different way. But the point what the Pasuk should have said was that Yitzchak is bringing her to the tent of Sarah, but the way how it's written, it seems like he brought her to the tent. And then it says another thing, Sarah, his mother. Right? So, Rashi tells us it's because Harahi Sarima Yitzchak brought it to the tent and she became Sarah his mother. Shekolin Yanei Sarah Ner Dolak Ner Shabbos Le Shabbos Brach Metzuv Beisav Anan Kasher Ha'Oil Nimshuchu in the Sham Galat Mekem Berivka. So I was at Davka Beisav Boss Ball the day Pito Emitis Chaytzav and Nitzchiusa because all the different um, things of Sarah that she was special for. One of the things that uh, she, the number Indian number one that the the nearest Shabbos lit and stayed lit from one Arab Shabbos to the next Arab Shabbos. And there was a bracha that was found in her dough that always kept it fresh. And there's always the tent, the, the, the cloud, of, the cloud which was, uh, always shows on the Shechina of Hashem, was always connected to her tent. That returned when Rivka came inside the tent. So all of these ideas expresses that Sarah's life was true life, was Nitzchistika life. Fine. So that's that's the general idea. But the Rebbe is going to say that that you know that's not enough of an explanation to say what this is Chayasar because a that only explains about one topic of the parsha and even that the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka are only a few psukim. The, the majority of that parsha is speaking about actually Eliezer trying to find a wife for Yitzchak. So what we're going to be doing is in the next few sifrim we're going to show how this topic of Chayim Yitzchim. And the, what, we're going to explain what exactly was the idea of Sarah's life. What was her mission in life? Who was she? And then we're going to show how this idea of Chaim was also expressed in each one of these parshas. So let's just read the question, and then we'll explain the answer in more detail. He says, He says, this is not enough of this explanation. We can't stop here, because first of all, that only explains one Inyan. Not all the other Inyan, the other two Inyan would happen afterwards. But Harry Oidzeis parshas Uberuga Enai Sakas Batsim Nasun El Pratim Ursa Dibrim Shai Vishluchus Eliazer. He says the majority of this parsha does not talk about the essential marriage, rather talks about the different uh, events and the speeches that happened by the Shluchus of Eliazer. Mitziusa Srifka him finding Rifka Shalakar Chazav Vesipazayis Besuil, and then it says that he went to Besuil and and they went told told Besuil the whole story how he found Rifka and all the signs that he made. And he also told this to Lavan until they agreed to the Shidduch. That's the majority of the parsha speaks about actually Eliezer and that whole part. Fine, but Gimel. So he says, So he says, 
Topic of the parsha, it has a very lengthy discussion about the questions and answers, the back and forth between Abram and the people of Chais and with Ephraim regarding the acquiring the Maris Matela. Why do we have such a long and lengthy discussion over there? Why is it so important about how he bought the Maris Matela? And Bez, another thing which requires explanation. At the beginning of the speech, it says that I am a ger and a teishev with you. So the pastor says seems very contradictory. A ger means someone who's like a passing through, he's a stranger. Teishev means someone who's a resident. So how could he be both a stranger and at the same time a teishev? So Pashup Chad is he was a ger in the sense is that he comes from a different land, but he's a teishev, meaning is that he is now become someone who permanently lives there. So, Ger Vesayshev, I was Ger, I come from a different land, Vesayshev, and now I live with you um, permanently. Now, Chazal give another pshat. The Amr Chazal, Im Tirtzu HaRenu Ger V'im Lav that if you want, I will be a Ger. If not, I will be a Teishev, but let him in the I will take this piece of land according to the, according to, uh, According to the, according to Allah, according to the din, according to the legal rules, because Hashem told me to your children, I will give this land. So basically, he's saying is, if you want, I'll be a gear and I'll pay for it. If not, then I'll be someone who's a taisha, meaning is I own this land and I can legally take this land from you, because Hashem told me that He's going to give this land to your your, your children. So the problem with this statement is the higher level. First of all, Allah ma'achshir v'ram ha'yirachol little. He says, since Avram was able to take it in Adin, then why was he working so hard that the Bnei Ches would sell it to him? Like, why did he say, I'm a, I'll be a Ger and I'll pay for it? Just said, I'm a Teshav, God promised me and take it. If, he's able, if that would have worked legally, right, then he should have just used the, that legal way. Why is he saying, I'm a Ger? And these, also, we need to understand exactly what was this legal claim that he's saying that he had, that I could take it to you from in Adin because God promised it to me. What exactly is this? He says, at this point of time, Abram did not own the land. It did not go into the ownership of Abram. It was actually only a future promise, as Abram himself said. He says, God told me that to your children, I will give this land. So, Hashem didn't give it yet. So, um, what does he mean he'll take it in Hadzim? Third question, you can have at the end of this speaks parsha. It says at the end of the parsha that they buried him. Yitzhak and Yishmol. Yitzhak and Yishmol buried Avram. So, Chazal tell us, and Rashi brings it. From here we see the Yishmael the Tshuva, and he put Yitzchak in front of him. Meaning is, in the burial, it was first Yitzchak, and only after Yishmael. So why did Yishmael let him go first? That's because, even though Yishmael was the Bechar, it's because Yishmael did Tshuva, and he recognized that Yitzchak was his true heir. Why does the Torah hint to us about the Tshuva of Yishmael only after the burial? Of Avram, after Avram passed away, Allah Yishmol also tshuva oy b'chay Avram. He saved the Tevish. The Namar Baba Shmuel already did tshuva while Avram was alive, 
as it says that uh, that uh, he had uh, Avram had old uh, age, and we see and when we bring what does it mean that he had old age? Uh, it means that, as Rashi tells us, it means his son did tshuva. Right, that you know, that that he was able to see that Yishmael the Tshuva before he passed away, and he passed away five years early, so he wouldn't see Esav becoming a Rasha. And so he passed away five years early, so he wouldn't see Esav becoming a Rasha, and he had saved the because he also saw Yishmael the Tshuva. So we already know that Yishmael the Tshuva while Abraham Avinu was alive. So why is the Torah only hinting to us that Yishmael the Tshuva regarding an event that happened after Abraham Avinu passed away? So just to, to, again to recap, so we're saying is that we have three questions that we need to discuss. First of all, why are we dis- going into all the details about the this transaction between Avram and the Bnei Ches and Ephraim with all the details in the back and forth? Second of all, what does Avram mean, that I could take it either on like a gear and I'll pay for it, or I'm a Toshev and I'll take it Minadin. If he could take it Minadin, take it Minadin. And if he can't, and, and second of all, what does it mean he could take it Minadin? The Chayra Hashem only promised that he will give it to him in the future. And the third question we had was, about the end of the parsha. it says that Yitzchak and Yishmael buried him, that Yishmael did tshuva. Why are we hinting to Yishmael's doing tshuva only after Avram passed away? Regarding the burial, we know that Yishmael did tshuva actually while Avram was still alive. So the hint of the in the Torah should have been regarding an earlier point in time when Avram was still alive, which would have been closer to when Yishmael actually did tshuva. So Dal Habir So we understand the answer to these three questions, plus of course the original question of the Sikha, which was uh, how does the idea of Chayasara um, how, how is that explained? And um, how is that the theme and all the different topics that happen in this Pasha? So to understand this, we need to first understand the differences between Avram and Sarah regarding their children. Avram simply, you know, it's different, but on the simple reading of the Psukim, he was not only the father of Yitzhak, he had other children. Because it says in the Pasuk, by the Akedah, that Hashem tells Avram, you should take your son, your unique son, the one that you love, which Chazal tells that that goes on Yitzchak and Yishmael, that they're both loved and unique and his child. Even more than that, Yishmael was actually his first child. It was his Bukhar, his firstborn. That from Avram didn't just come out to Bnei Yisrael, but he also had other nations. As we know also at the end of this week's parsha, he got remarried to Keturah and she had men at Keturah and he had many children from her too. As Hashem told him, I am giving you as a father for a multitude of nations, meaning as he was the father for the whole world. So basically the idea is that Avram was the father of everyone. He was, he was the father of many nations, not just of Yitzchak. She was the mother of Yitzchak. Meaning as her shaykh was only to Yishmael. Sorry, only to Yitzchak. Only to the Jewish people. Aye, what about Esav? Look at R34. Laharish Esav, who is Venetia Yitzchak, Haya Yisrael, Mumar, Vashinkin Yishmael. Right, so first of all, Sarah was only Shaykh to Yitzchak. Aye, but Yitzchak himself had a nation that came out of an Esav, Adam, 
I wasn't a Jewish nation. He says, but the truth is, Asaph himself was a Yid. It was just according to the Gemara, he was a Yisra Mumu, or a Yid, then in a sense, um, um, didn't follow Yiddishkeit, but he was actually illegally still considered a Yid. Okay, back in the Pnein. So this is also the difference between the Avedah of Avraham and the Avedah of Sarah. Avram Pearson Alakus the Holsugunehadam. He grew Avramavin in the Shmash of Hashbroch, the Pakalev Mashal, Fila Arvin, a Stachvin, the Avak Raglea, and Lila Shpir, Mishaw Gamlach, me Hintach and Shpossoboy. Avram publicized the Lakus to all the different types and categories of people. Avram made others call in the name of Hashem, all those who passed by, all those who came and went, and even to the Arabs that bowed down to the dirt of their feet. He also taught them about Hashem, not looking about it if they were worthy or not. And not even looking as if they would keep his Ashba, meaning as after they left, would they continue uh, with the teachings of Avraham Avinu, or would they go back to the old ways? It didn't matter. He, he taught everybody. The way that she drew, drew down godliness was only from when Yitzchak was born. Because we know before Yitzchak was born, it says that Sarah made yeah, also um, Yairis, she did make converts. Uh, but once Yitzchak was born, her, her total focus was on her child. And that was to make sure that the Hamshachas of the only went to the proper place, which was the Sad HaKadusha, to the holiness. It's hinted to in the story of Rabbi Binah, as that story is explained in Torah Sechah So the story of Rabbi Benah is that Rabbi Benah was, was involved in um, making, basically making signs where, uh, where there were graves. The purpose of that was that by making the sign and the tzian, where the grave is, people would know where not to walk. Because if you walk on top of a grave, you could come tame. So the Lord tells us that one time he went to the Mars Machpela, in a sense, mark off exactly where the graves of Avram are, because you're not going to go into the Mars Machpelah. You have to know exactly where the graves are so you don't step on it. So when he came there, it says Eliezer was standing in front of the grave, in front of the, uh, sorry, the um, cave. Uh, Eliezer is, by the way, one of the seven people that never, that did not pass away. So he asks Eliezer to come in, because he tells him what he wants to do. And Eliezer uh, speaks, whatever, so Avram tells Eliezer to allow him in. So Eliezer comes in and he sees that Avram's in the arms of Sarah, and Sarah's looking at his head. So Chazal tells us, what does it mean that, Avram, that Sarah is looking at the head of Avram? It says because the idea of the head is that you have the hairs on it. From the hair, um, Kedusha comes forth. It means the main place of the, the highest the energies in the, in the head. And the hairs are like little offshoots of energy. So Avram, since he's was with goes everywhere, so the idea was that he had a head full of hair in the sense that that Kedusha in a much smaller, tzunistic way, like relative to the energy, which is in hair, relative to how it is within the brains, that these smaller ends of energy were going everywhere. Because he was also being much to the other nations of the world. So Sarah was looking, means that she was combing the hair, which means that she was making sure that none of that Kedusha would go uh, to places where... <clears throat> It would be a Yanika Khatsaina. So she was making sure that Kedusha was going to places um, where, it should, where it should go and in places where it have the proper effect. But the point is that we see that the purpose of Sarah was she was making sure that this energy, even the energy of Abraham, 
would only go to places where it would have the proper effect. So the chiluk zebali they beat the gamma negel lebnei shalish of rahamishmal. Sarah, I'm a clap of Garsh Amazes of Bunakla years, Ben Amazes of Nimishak. Bachena Sigu, a son of Ukasha, Afki, Yara, Damalibina, Ramalis Bunai. And we see this chiluk also regarding the conduct, uh, her, her conduct with the child of Abraham, Yishmael. Sarah says, You have to send away this maidservant and her child, because this maidservant's son will not inherit with my son, with Yitzchak. And she was right, and she, she got what she wanted. And Avram agreed, Hashem agreed with her and told Avram to listen, and they threw Hagar and Yishmael out. Even though it was evil or bad in the eyes of Avram regarding his son, he wasn't happy about it. Nonetheless, he did it. Avram himshech alakus takal, bakein yirah davar, yirah davar ma'id al-azbunah, sh'armeris lo'i l'shalachai. Avram was mam shech alakus to everybody, therefore it was very bad in his eyes what she wanted to do with her son. Because she wanted him to send him away, but Avram wanted him to become a better person. Wanted him to do tshuva. On the contrary, we know that Avram requested when Hashem told him that he's going to have a child through Sarah. Avram said, "You know what? My only thing is Lu Yishmal. Halvai Yishmal should live in front of you. Like I'm happy with the Shmal. Just make Yishmal like a tzaddik." And eventually, he was successful, as we know that Yishmal did tshuva. There's no value at all. There's no erch at all between Yishmael and Yitzchak. There's no erch at all between the two of them. And therefore, she needs to send away Yishmael. He has no shaykhus at all to be together with Yitzchak together with the Jewish people. So Sarah, in a sense, she saw the Pneumius, that the Pneumius, the purpose of the world, is that for the Jewish people to make this place uh, into a dear Tachtayim, and she put her energy into the most Pneumius task, which was uh, elevating Yitzchak, elevating the Jewish people, while Avram also worked on the Chitzayimius, everything else that the, what the world had, that in a sense, you know, like for, maybe I can give an example, like of a business. So Sarah's main focus was on, if you want to say, making the profit, making making the business work. Well, Avram had to take care of maybe everything else that was involved in it, uh, the logistics, uh, HR, whatever else that goes around the room that goes around with the business. Avram was also involved in. But Sarah realized what the premium is, what the etzim is, and that's where she put her her main focus on. So of course, you, of course, we need both, but we see that that's what Rivka's, what Sarah's role was, uh, what was looking always at the panemius, what the main purpose, what's the purpose of the business? Purpose of the business is to make money, or and what's the purpose of making money is to have a family. She was always looking at what the essence of the matter was, and that's what she focused on. Let's make that the best. While Avram also took away uh, care of all the other things that you need to have. Uh, so of course, you need both of the individuals. But you also need to have both individuals focus on different things. If you only focus on that room, sometimes you, you know, you, you miss the main point. So, so Sarah's thing was you're focusing on what the main thing is, and therefore, when it came into a situation where Yishmael, in a sense, might have negated from Yitzchak's potential, as a, as we know the story, then you got to get rid of it. You know, you don't you don't have HR. HR is great if it's helping the business, but at, this, at the point where HR starts messing up the business. And it's making things harder, and the profits going down. 
you don't just keep it because oh, it's HR, it's so important. At some point, you just gotta, if necessary, get rid of that department. So that's what Sarah was saying. It's not helping anymore. You gotta just get rid of it. Well, for Rome, it was bad because you know this is something which is important, and it's true, it is important. But at the end of the day, in this particular situation, it would have hurt the main part of the business, and therefore, um, he sent him away. This idea is the main point of all the different topics and stories in our Parsha, as we're going to explain. was the place where Adam and Chava were buried. They were the parents of the entire human uh, population. So therefore, Lechaira, didn't need to be connected specifically to the Jewish people. Right? But nonetheless, we see that Avram worked hard that it should be bought for the Kfurah So he bought it. And he owned it, and it was only connected to the Jewish people, only connected to the obvious that the game would not have any connection to the Marsmach. But he bought it, he owns it. Um, so why was that important? Because This itself is showing us that the Jewish people are the main uh, descendants that came out of Adam Chava, while the other nations of the world do not have an erach, do not have a, that that value. Relative to the Jewish people, look at R forty six. Look at that all the neshamas that were included within the neshama of Ram were only the neshamas of the Jewish people. If he did not sin, the, umos, the, the nations of the world would never have come out. Meaning, is the main progeny of a Ramavino. Uh, sorry, of Adam Chava are the Jewish people. We are the, in a sense, as we're saying, the penimius, the essence uh, of, 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 his, of his progeny. So that's, again, that's, so that's the idea of Sarah, right? recognizing what the essence is. The essence is, is the Jewish people. And everything else is the room that goes around it. Afterwards, uh, in the parasha, regarding the shluchas of Eliezer, we find another Indian, an even higher Indian. That the quality of the Jewish people is not only regarding and relative to the other nations of the world that do not have a connection to Avram, but even those who had a connection to Avram, you know, Yitzchak's connection is relative to these others. As we know that Eliezer, the servant of Ram, it says that he would draw and he would give, draw water and, and, and uh, give to drink of the Torah of his Rebbe to others. And even this story itself, regarding his shlichus, the Pasuk tells us of the many miracles that Hashem showed him. Um, when he was fulfilling the Shlichas of Avram. And the Chazal tell us from this lengthy story that we see that it's better the discussions of the servants of the Avais than the Torah of the children. Why? Because the Torah of the children, sometimes you have one letter that can teach us halacha. 
while by Eliezer, it tells the story in so much detail. He ha- the story happened initially, and then he repeats the story to Pesul and Lavan. So many details, and it's being repeated already. Why is that? It's because it's telling us how important. It's so yaf, it's so beautiful, the sikh of others. So we see, even though Eliezer is such an important and fantastic individual, Nonetheless, we see that Avram was not able, was not willing to give a shidduch to Yitzchak with the daughter Eliezer. Eliezer wanted to make a shidduch with his daughter and Avram's son, but he said he cannot. He says, because my son is blessed and your son is, and your daughter is cursed. And the cursed cannot be attached to the blessed. Meaning is without you know looking at all the different qualities of, of Eliezer, but nonetheless, even with all of these qualities, relative to Yitzchak, he wasn't just on a lower level, but relative to Yitzchak, it was like a blessing and a curse. That's what the difference was. So the second part of the story is the second topic of the story is, as we're saying, is that not only relative to the other nations of the world that Avram bought the, the you know the the Mars that it would only be shy to the Jewish people because they're the main progeny of Avram. He says, even those who had a connection to Avram Avinu, like Eliezer, even Eliezer was considered cursed, but Gabi Yitzchak, that's his great quality. And then the end of the parsha tells us another, even greater quality about Avram Yitzchak. That the Milo, the, the, the Jewish people, is even relative to the children of Ram, not just the servant, even the children of Ram um, have no erech relative to the Jewish people. The Milo is in a way that the children don't even have a tvisas makim, they, they don't even take a place. Meaning, that tells us that Avram got remarried to a woman named Ketura, Ketura, and then he had children with her. And then it says Avram took everything that he had and gave it to Yitzchak and to the children of the collection. Um, Avram gave gifts, and then he sent them away from Yitzchak, his son. And he sends them away because they, have, they don't have any... Uh, place to be with Yitzchak. His only heir, he gives everything to Yitzchak. He is the, his true heir is only Yitzchak. Therefore, he sends everybody else away. He gives everything to Yitzchak. The only thing he gives to them is some gifts. Right? Again, a gift is not a, is not an inheritance. That's like part of the important uh, part over here. the next part was in the parsha, that Yishmael talks about the descendants of Yishmael, who is the son of Abram, who is the Bechar. So even the Bechar of Abram has no erech legab Yitzchak, as the Pasuk said, that Hagar HaMitzris, who is the Shifcha of Sar, gave birth to. Meaning is, he was just a slave. And Sha'at Mitzrus Yishmael, Yishmael, the Taldais of Atzayv Kaldais, Yodah Shifcha Tzara, like Erech Yitzchak Ben Tzara. Meaning is that the entire existence of Yishmael, all of his children to the end of all generations, were given birth to through the maidservant of Sarah. So they have no heir to Yitzchak, who is the son of Sarah. They were the son of the maidservant. The maidservant of Sarah, someone that belonged to Sarah. Uh, so 
Now we can answer that question is, we asked why was it that the Torah hinted to the, um, that, that Yishmael the Tshuva specifically regarding the burial of Avram. And through this that Yitzchak went first. He put Yitzchak in front of him during the burial. He says, He says, the main sin of Avram, which because of it, Avram had to send him away from uh, send him and Hagar away. Because he said, I am the oldest. I'm going to be taking a double portion. He didn't recognize that he is the son of a slave, of a maidservant, sorry. And he's not a Yerush. He's not going to inherit anything. While the true Yerush is Yitzchak, who is the son of the of the uh, of the Gvira, the main wife, the the, the, the mistress. He says, "Send away this Amma and her child, because she will he will not inherit with me, with sorry with Yitzchak, with my son with Yitzchak." That, that was the main issue, as we see from the story, that he was kept on saying, "I'm a Yerush also of Abraham." I'm not only that; I'm a Bechar. And what Sarah is saying is, he's not a Bechar; he's a slave. This was hinted, and so this is also hinted to that he, he, in his tshuva. So when he did tshuva, he had to do tshuva on the main issue that he had. That one, This was recognizable by the kvur. This was after Avraham passed away. Because this is the time where it would be recognizable. Did he consider himself a Yerush or not? And the chaim beis, the katcha hikri yitzchak ba'alichai lefanav. And this that he put Yitzchak in front of them, that means he recognized the truth. And he had admitted that Yitzchak is the Yerush. That Yitzchak was the Yerush, while he himself is only the Ben HaShavchai. And this is the general connection. The, the different inyanim that are spoken about in this parasha to the light of tzara. Kim yon elu mudgash achidah shepala bavidas tzara. Ve elu heim achayim hamitiyim vagalas avatas ahemda lahena roich shvein yitzchak vishma bin yisrael amin. Because this was the main stress of our parasha to reveal how her avayda, her life, is true life. And we said how is true life revealed is only when it continues after she passes away. And that was revealed and expressed by showing the differences, the Einoreich, the difference between Yitzchak and Yishmael, and then Yisrael and to the other nations, and that was described through all the different parashiyas as we just went through. So that explains really the, the main question of the Sicha, again, was why is the name Karparashis Chayasara? So we explained this because Chayas, life, doesn't mean just the life you're physically living. It means that your life is eternal. So Chayasara means the eternal life of Sar. And the only time you have eternal life expressed is not is actually that when you pass away, and then your when your life's mission, your way in your life continues. And in this week's parsha, it shows how her life's mission continued. Because Sarah's life mission was to express and to guard the mile of the Jewish people, and we see that through every single part of the parsha. First of all, we see it by the acquisition of the Maris Machpelah, which we talk about in much detail. Why is that? Because it's showing how Avram completely bought it from them that they would have no connection. Because only the Jewish people are the the, the, the main progeny of our Adam and Chava. Then it goes through the marriage of uh, Yitzchak 
and Rivka, but the main story actually there is Eliezer. Why is that? Because it's trying to show that even with all the qualities of Eliezer, Avram still tells him, you got to find a daughter somewhere else. Because you, relative to Yitzchak, is considered a curse relative of blessing. And then the parasha continues about Avram getting remarried and having children, and saying even Avram's children, you have to send them away, because they are not inherit with Yitzchak. And then it goes on to say, even Yishmael, who is the Bukhar, um, he himself recognizes and he does true and he recognizes that he's not the Yerish, that the only true Yerish is Yitzchak. And that is the true life of Sarah, in a sense, as I said, guarding and revealing the quality and the differences between Yitzchak and Yishmael and to the other nations of the world. So that is the first part of the Sicha. So Zion is going to take this idea in a much deeper life. to explain this idea in a much deeper way. He says, He says, the existence of the heavens, the earth, and all the multitudes which are there, all the legions, and even the, the nations, including the nations of the world, everything is for the Jewish people. Meaning is that the purpose of their creation is for the Jewish people. As we say, Bereshus, Beis, Reishus, Hashem created the world for two things, which is the Torah and, and Yidin. Therefore, if they're not fulfilling their purpose, then there's no reason that they should continue to have an existence. So, now we can understand and explain the idea of the Shavu Mitzvah. Shev mitzvahs elu inuin yonim tachlas to atzvan levam b'dei noyach atzvan. He says the shev mitzvahs are not actually a thing for themselves. They're not for the b'nei noyach in a sense to give them the capability to connect to Hashem. Even though maybe they do probably by doing them, they probably they do get connected to Hashem. But that's not the ultimate purpose of them. Elohim gamkim b'shpul Yisrael b'shpul atay. Rather, the purpose of the b'nei the shev mitzvahs is for the Jewish people and for the Torah. I mean, they do the shev mitzvahs and they do get a connection to Hashem, of course. But the purpose is not Hashem didn't make these seven laws in order that they should have it. The rather Hashem made these seven laws for the Torah and for the Eden. Because in order for the fulfillment of the Torah and Mitzvah through the, through the Jewish people and to draw down the godliness into this world, the world needs to be a fitting place, a place that, that can happen in. And this is affected through the Shem Through them, it creates a order of Yishev in a settled world, a place that we can live. Meaning is it's very hard for Jewish people to do Torah mitzvahs when there's war going on, and there's fighting going on, and there's anarchy. It's only when there's peace, and everybody knows the laws, and there's court, court systems, and everyone recognizes their Hashem, and they respect Hashem, and they respect the place of the Jewish people, and they try to help them to the most of their abilities, not trying to get in their way or causing other issues. Therefore, when a Benayach is on one of these Shem Mitzvahs, it doesn't make a difference which one. There's no difference. By you, there's always a difference. If you don't believe in God, you know, you do a Vaidazara, but if you eat Avram and you don't get. Uh, the, the, the court won't 
you don't get the death penalty for eating Avram and Achai. But by God, it doesn't make a difference which one you do. You're always going to be B'chuyav Mitzvahs, B'chuyav Misa, which is the idea of Bittu Mitzvah is a negation of his identity. He came and Shemitarx would see this Mitzvah, because since the purpose of his existence is not for himself, that's not the ultimate purpose for him, for the guy. Rather, it's for the Jewish people. He says, since he he doesn't, if he doesn't fulfill his mitzvahs, his purpose, then automatically he loses um, the foundation and the fundamental reasons why he's in this world. As as I mentioned earlier about the business. If a certain section of the business is not fulfilling its purpose, which is to help the business have a profit, it's not like, oh, we didn't do so many things which are wrong. We made one little mistake, you know, big deal. We can fix it. That's not the point. Once that department has no further reason to be there, it's not helping the business, then you might as well just get rid of it. You don't need to have a reason to get rid of it. If it's not helping, automatically it's gone. Masha'in came when we're talking about, I guess, the essence of the business, which is make a profit. If you're not making as much as a profit you would like to, you don't get rid of it because you still got to make that profit, right? Um, fine. So, So, since the whole teichin of the mitzvahs, it needs um, since that is the whole purpose of their existence, this thing needs to be already recognizable by the first yid by Avram Avinu. Meaning, is that this step. Already by Avram Avinu, it's already recognizable the difference between the other nations and Avram, that their, her, their whole purpose was for Avram. And this idea is also expressed in Chaisar in these three inyanim. Right. So until this point, we were expressing really just the difference um, between the other nations and, uh, uh, and Yitzchak. How relative to other nations, they didn't have a, they, there was no purpose for them in the sense is that Sar was focusing constantly on showing the Maila of Yitzchak. Like we have Marsnach Pevel, which was Dafkesh, uh, had to go to Avram Avinu and Sarah and had to own, belong to them. Only Yitzchak's the true Yayush. All of those things are expressing the Maila of Yitzchak. Now we're going to take it a step further is to show that the whole purpose of the other nations, a lot of them have just no thesis mocking relative to Yitzchak. It's more than that. Their whole purpose is really just for Yitzchak. So when they fulfill the purpose of helping Yitzchak, then they have a continued existence and they're fulfilling their purpose. But if they don't, they automatically have no existence. So taking, so you see the difference. So point A is first of all trying to show the my love Yitzchak. Point B is trying to show is that everyone else, it's not that your Zos don't have any error, but actually their purpose is to help us. Okay. In The first parasha stresses what Avram Avinu says. So this gets back to that question we had, which was Ger Vitaishav. He tells them, if you want, I'm a Ger, and if you don't, then I'm going to be a Taisha. So we asked two questions on that. First of all, if you could take him in the din, why are you saying you're a Ger? And second of all, how could you have taken him in the din? Legally, Eretz Yisrael didn't belong to the Jewish people at that point in time. She says, Eretz Yisrael was created to Hashem with the Kavana of giving it to the Bnei Yisrael. He says, this that Hashem did give it to the nations of the world first, 
that was the Takavana that he gave it to them. And eventually he gives it to the Jewish people. But, and we're going to explain why would Hashem do it that way. One of the ideas was that Hashem wanted the land to be settled, right? Avram was only born at a certain point in time. And of course, even then he didn't have, he only had one child. Then Yaakov, so it'll take a few hundred years, even after Avram was born, 400 years to be exact, no more than that actually, 475 years from when Avram was born until the Jewish people would get Eretz Yisrael. The reasoning is because he wanted the land to be settled and not just overcome with wild animals. So you need to have, so he he gave it to them and they would settle land, make cities, farm the land, etc., etc. And eventually when the time was right, he took it from them and gave it to the Jewish people. So when Asina Zugufa, he ba'ifin kazesh, al-chol chelech me'er t'israel nikva, hazman ba'ifin m'yuchablai. Mothsai v'ketzad yegil v'nei Yisrael. And part of this itself was, he gave it to them in a way that every part of Eretz Yisrael had its specific time, and also the way, uh, its special designated way, how it would be transferred to the Jewish people. Klolos Eretz Yisrael ha'itzirich legil v'nei Yisrael, rak v'zban Yeshua. He says a general uh, area of Eretz Yisrael needed to come to the Jewish people in the times of Yeshua. If we would have had it already from the beginning of time, let's say Avram Avinu would have been given, he would have been one person, everyone else was kicked out. It would have just been overcome with wild animals. As we know, this Pasuk itself is actually talking about Yeshua, that even it says, when the Jewish people did conquer the land, they didn't kick out everybody right away. Because there was this shash, if you kicked out everybody right away, it would be all the wild animals would come into the areas where there weren't any people living. So even then, they, they, they kicked out the people slowly. But even, so definitely before, you know, uh, the Jewish people came in, and, and there needed to be people living there. And the way how they got the majority of the land was through conquering it. But Maris Machpela needed to come to Avram Avinu for the purpose of bearing Sarah. So that was much earlier in time. And that had to be done through buying it through the Neiches. It had to be done in that particular way. Here's another example from R64. Yaakov Avinu bought a piece of land in Shechem. Uh, he says, These are one of the three places that the Eden, that the Goyim could not oppress the Jewish people. This is stolen from your hands. What are the three places? So there's three places that we didn't actually even conquer it. We bought it. So you can't even say, oh, you, you know, you conquered it. You used force to get it out of our hands. It's literally bought it. So that's part of the reason why Shem wanted that. There literally be no taina because it was done, acquired through acquisition. And there's many minus in general with acquisition. We know if you conquer a piece of land that someone conquers from you, then it belongs to them. Right? So when the Jewish people left or kicked out, were, were kicked out by the end of Bais Rishon, it says that the land lost its holiness because since they they conquered it, then someone conquered it off, off us. But by Bais Shani, we didn't get it back to conquer it. We actually we got it to the Kenyan because the king allowed us to acquire the land from him. So since we acquired it through a Chazaka, therefore even after the Bais Shani was destroyed, we still own it because it was our land. We had an acquisition. So this is even more so when we're talking about so these three places, it was always we got it through buying it. So even if that someone else conquers the land, you don't lose your personal ownership of the piece of land. So Ars Machela belongs to us because we bought it. If someone conquers the land, we don't lose our personal um, Kenyan, which we have.
the Paranas and Eretz Goshen Masara. Par says he gave the land of Goshen to Sarah. Redak in Yeshua, Bedash Omer, Vihinid Las Patechar Yisrael. It says over there in the Redak that this area is actually swallowed into the cities of Yisrael. Okay, whatever that is, that, that part I don't know about Goshen. But okay. But the point is that um, different areas have to be acquired in different ways. Some through conquering, through, some through buying. This is what Abraham was saying. If you want him, if not, I'll take him in a din. Because Hashem said, I'm going to give this land to your people. And part of giving this land to your people means that there would be different time, periods in time when we would get different parts of it. Meaning, if you fulfill the Kavana and the purpose, why Hashem gave you the Marsmach Pela, which is that you should be able to sell it to me because Hashem wanted me to buy it, A, and two, buy it at this particular point in time for Sarah's burial, then I will buy it from you like that the Kavana was. Similarly, we know that the Torah, the, the world was created for the Jewish people and for the Torah. So, what would be the Bishpil HaTayra in Avram specifically buying it uh, as a ger? He says, That the Marsa was first in the domain of the Bnei Ches, and, and, and Avram needed to buy it from them. And through this, there is actually an addition of the Torah. We learn from the words, Kicha, Kicha, Mestei Afrain, we learn the Allah that you're able to buy a field with money. Right? So we learn from Kicha, Kicha, Mestei Afrain that one of the ways that we're able to make a kingdom, able to acquire something, there's many ways of acquiring, like for example, picking up something that you can acquire sometimes by pulling something, you can acquire it by making a star, a document, you can acquire things. One of the ways is through guy giving money. And we learn that out from Mestei Afrain because Avram Avino, um, also, oh, sorry, also for, by, by by marriage. Because it says marriage by, um, it says by marriage, it's, she has a lashon of uh, taking kicha, taking a woman. And it also says kicha by stay up. And so we see that one of the ways that we're able to uh, have, um, make a kedushin is through money. And other things. He says, if you don't want to sell to me, then I'm going to take it in a din. So our question is, what do you mean he's going to take it in a din? Hashem didn't give it to them yet. Now we can understand it. Since you are not fulfilling the purpose, why? The Ma'ar Sechpele was in Yerushos, which, as I said, which was to sell it eventually to Avram. So if you're not going to fulfill the, your Kavana, then automatically it's nullified the, this, this, the existence of any type of ownership you had. From Therefore, I could take him in a din, meaning Hashem gave it to you on condition. So if you fulfill the condition, that means it belonged to you for that period of time. But if you don't fulfill the condition, that means it never belonged to you. And therefore, I can take him in a din, because Hashem wants me to uh, wants the Jewish people to have it. The whole purpose was Hashem wanted us to have it in a particular way. But if you don't fulfill that, then it never belonged to you, and then I can take him in a din, because Hashem gave me the land. And this is all connected to the idea of Chayasara. Because this is the Koyak, and this was the Avreda of Sar. Uh, as, as the Dhamma was, Avram got up and he spoke to the Bnei Yisrael, uh, Bnei Chais, saying that I am the Ger. Meaning is, uh, why is he mentioning that it's Al Pnei 
it's important because it comes from the energy of Sar, the avoid of Sars, which we've been saying until now, but we're going to say even even more detail now, which Sar's focus was expressing the Maila of the Jewish people. So um, explain the second idea that the marriage of Yitzchak, he was the first Yid that was born, born as a Yid, and Rivka. The Parshazu, um, this Parsha tells us in much detail the many miracles that happened to Eliezer. And then he repeats them and tells them over to Basul of Olav and all the miracles. And until they say that we realize that this matter has come from Hashem, Hashem wants his marriage to happen, and they agree to the Shidduch, and they say, Take Rifka and go, just as God has spoken. So all this is stressing that all the miracles, everything that's happening over here, is for Avram Yitzchak, it's for Mishvil Yisrael. More than when Mitzvah tried to stop the matter, right away his identity was nullified. As we know the story that um, he tried to poison Eliezer, to try to slow down this whole shit or stop it completely. And then I think Avril came and he switched the plates and Eliezer died. And we know that because at the beginning it was Basul and Lavan constantly speaking. At the end it was only Lavan and the mother speaking. No more Basul. So what happened with him? So the Medrash tells us, and Rashi brings it, that he died because he tried to stop the marriage. So we see that once his existence was, the purpose of his existence was to get Rivka to, to Yitzchak. Once he tried to stop that, automatically he was gone. So since the whole purpose of Mitzvah of Suel was because gave birth to Rivka, so it's understood that when he's trying to stop that, then automatically his identity was nullified. This same idea could be seen in the third topic in our parsha. In this parsha, in this third topic in the parsha, it stretches that not only was Yishmael the son of the maidservant of Sarah, but more than this, his identity, his actual existence is dependent on him recognizing this. What does that mean that his identity and his existence is dependent on recognizing that he is the Ben Ha'ama? The Pasuk tells us, It says that up, upon all of his brethren, he fell. Meaning he had like a downfall. So the Chazal tells us that while Avraham, meaning while Avraham was alive, Yishkan, he was dwelling, meaning he was successful. But once Avraham passed away, Nafal, he fell, he, he, he was not successful. So that's not skipshute, meaning is when Avram is alive, he was more successful physically. But we can also learn a pnimi stick of shot and what this means. The tshuva that Yishmal did, that he recognizes that he was the ben ha'ama, by the tefillahs of Avram, lu Yishmal yichia lefanecha, yichia biyurasecha. The tefillah zu neskabla, it's al-Kadosh Baruch Hu Kanal, 
Yishmael did tshuva because of Avram's tefillah. Avram daven that Yishmael should live in front of you, which means he should live in fear, fear of you, or in awe of you. This tefillah was accepted by Hashem, and therefore Yishmael Taka did listen. Now we can understand the idea that when Avram was alive, he was also living. Meaning is when we're talking about when Avraham, meaning is the true life of Avram, as we said earlier, the true Chaim is the Chaim Emitim, the Chaim Nitzchim. So when the true life of Avram is living within Yishmael, then Yishmael was successful. But when Avraham died within Yishmael, then he fell. As long as Avram was still alive within Yishmael, meaning it's the way that Yishmael's conduct, it reflected the life of Avram. And Yishmael was held on to that prayer of Ram that Yishmael should live in fear of Hashem. He held on to that and he lived with it. Which means that he felt that his true identity was that he is the Ben Ha'ama. Then he was successful. He was in a situation of Yishkain. He, he had a place. His identity his, his, had a place. Abba Mishameis Avram. But when Avram died, meaning is he separated himself spiritually from Avram, then he fell. He had his he didn't have any more existence. So again, this expresses the same point. It's not just that uh, point well, as we've been saying the whole time that Yitzchak is greater than Yishmael. It's more than that. The whole purpose of Yishmael is for Yitzchak, and even more than that. That without that purpose, he actually has no reason for his existence. It's like it's not even there. It totally defeats the purpose of existence, and therefore it's memela, it's nisbat, it's memela, just disappears. Yiralaf. Vaf inyan zesh mitzuse shal ein yehudi bishpil Yisrael, shaychla avayda sar dafka, v'lchein zuhi anukula ha'ikris b'chol ha'parshya chayetzar. He says this idea that the identity of a non-yid is for the sake of the Jewish people, meaning to assist them, this is Shaykh actually to the Aved of Sar, specifically Shaykh to the Aved of Sar. That's why this is the Nukuda, the main point of this parsha of Chayv Sar. Hashem Avram hu Satar Hashem of Amen Gaim Gaim Nesaticha. The name of Avram is, as the Torah has explained, that he is the father of a multitude of nations. That his effect. His acts on this world as a father has a connection also lahavdul tamangayim. Meaning, of course, his main purpose is for the Jewish people, but he is also has an effect on the other nations of the world. So b'hai tamagufa mitzad hashpa asa ba'elam ein nikar umurgash bumash elam tzias shlaatzma mitziusim hibach b'shvil yisrael. Because of this reasoning, his effect that he has in those worlds is not felt, and it's not recognizable by the nations that they don't have an identity for themselves and their whole identity and their whole existence. It's for the Jewish people. So, Masha'inkim by Sarah, Mlashin Sarara, she Sarah Lakal. By Tsar comes the idea of authority, rulership. She rules over everyone. Her Indian, it's recognizable, and the Goyim are able to feel that the Bnei Yisrael rule over their existence, and therefore automatically they serve Sarah and also her, her inheritors, the Jewish people. So this is a second point. 
Just to point out, we mentioned this idea earlier of Avram being Avamayin Gaim Nesaticha. But over there, it was to express the difference between Avram and Sarah, that Avram, um, in a sense, it was important for him that all everybody recognizes Hashem, while by Sarah, her main focus was just on Yitzchak. Over here, we're seeing a second point in that, which is by Avram, since he felt a certain, there was an importance by the other nations of the world that they also recognize Hashem, they weren't totally in this battle. But by Sarah, she recognized that the whole purpose of the other nations of the guy, other nations of the world, was just to serve the Jewish people. So therefore, if they're not serving the Jewish people, there is no reason for their existence. Allah base, Allah shachar adan after the But still, we might be able to ask. Hein emes shinyane aparshim mivin l'day bitoi es avidosa v'chidusha muyuchad shal Sarah. True, this parsha expresses the avida and the 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 chidush, the special chidush that Sarah uh, accomplished. But since Papayal, what are we talking about in this week's parish? We're talking about events that happened after she passed away. At the end of the day, it doesn't fit totally the name of the parsha, which is Chai Sar, which also is not just the spiritual, the Chai the spiritual life of Sar is expressed in this parsha. We also mean the physical life of Chai Sar, which is the 127 years that she lived in this world. So all what we're saying is that through this week's parasha, we're able to reveal that she, even her 127 years was eternal life. That's why her life continued into this parasha. So how do we see that was eternal life? It's through our parasha. But the Rebbe is asking is, but still the simplest, simple shot of the, of the, of the Pasuk, of the idea of Chai Sar is that this is the 127 years of Sarah's life. How do we see it? You know, Apipshute Shemikra, um, the idea of Chayasar and all the different topics in the Parsha. So, Abir Bazah. Nukudas Hayinyanim, Shabaparshas Chayasarash, Afshi Irbizman, Shalachibti Rasai. The main point of all the different events that happened in this Parsha, even those events that happened after she passed away, this is the effect, these are the acts and the effects that Sarah was able to, to do through her Arvaida in 127 years when she was still alive. Her deeds that she was doing in this world, in Almadeh, in this world, was to make it recognizable and known that the existence of everything in this world is for the Jewish people. That's what Sarah was doing. So that's what there was the pu'ula that Sarah was doing for the 127 years while she was still alive. But what happened? But he says this, this idea, this Aveda that she did, this is what she did for the 127 years. But the effects of the Aveda was still hidden. So she did all of this Aveda during the 127 years, but it wasn't actually recognizable that Yitzchak was higher than everybody else. And more than that, that um, everything is for the sake of Yitzchak and the Jewish people. Yes, she worked on this, and everything she did was to accomplish that goal. But it wasn't, we didn't actually see the outcome of that goal, that everything was revealed, that yes, everything is for the sake of the Jewish people. When did that become revealed? That was only after she passed away. That's when it became Begili. So only in this week's parsha, so last week's parsha, she did all of that Aveda. In this week's parsha, we see the outcome, the revelation of what her Aveda did. Similar idea is we find that in the Shamas of the Ganeda, and it says they have pleasure 
from the ray of the, of the divine Shechina. So the, what is this ray of Shechina? It says this is the ray of the Atayr and the Aveda, which they worked on in this world. So the ray that we're enjoying in Olam is really the ray of our own Aveda. So what does that mean? That we act, what we have in Gan Eden is really exactly the same thing we have here. It's just over here it's hidden. But afterwards, in Gan Eden becomes revealed. So same thing by Sarah. She worked to 127 years. And it's exactly the same thing which is afterwards. But just while she was alive, those hidden. Harshas Chayasara, all those things became revealed. So in a sense, it's Chayasara. You're actually able to see what the Chayasara accomplished. And since the ultimate purpose of Aveda is that these things should become revealed, and the ultimate revelation will, of course, be in Olam Haba, you know, in the time to come. That's the ultimate revelation of it. We explained in other area at other times that the reward that happens in Olam Haba is not a like a side point. Like you did a good job, so you get a bonus. Rather, he says the ultimate purpose of the fulfillment of mitzvahs in this world is that the hamshacha that comes through the fulfillment of the mitzvahs will ultimately become revealed in Olam Haba. Meaning, it's not the, the, the idea is that when we do a mitzvah, the purpose of that mitzvah is that we're drawing down a Shem we're drawing down the Gilo Yalekos. That is the purpose of the mitzvah. So when Mashiach comes, that will be revealed. So the revelation of this Hamshach is not like a bonus that we're getting. That's actually what we're accomplishing. Just now that it's hidden, so we're unable to feel it. But when Mashiach comes, we will be able to feel and recognize that. And that is actually the purpose of it. Of course, because the whole purpose is to make a dirvatachtayna. So therefore it's understood that the different topics of the parasha is the revelation of Sarah's Aveda, the accomplishment of Aveda. That is the Chayasar. This is the ultimate the ultimate purpose and the ultimate um, the ultimate um, intent in all her 127 years. Because everything in Torah is a lesson. And also in our situation, the beginning of this week's parasha and the end of this week's parasha, there's a very clear and simple lesson for our days. It says, when the Bnei Yishmael come with a taina, that Ma'ars Mechpela belongs to them, or is connected to them, because they're descendants of Avram Avinu. You have a very clear answer from our parasha. He's in addition to, you know, a very important point, that the vast majority of Arabs that are living in the countries which are neighboring Eretz Yisrael, and even in Eretz Yisrael itself, like the Arabs that live in Hebron and other areas, it's publicly known that they're not actually from the Zer Yishmael. They were converted by Islam, you know, hundreds of years ago, but they're not literally actually the children of Yishmael. He says, but in addition to that, Yishmael himself never had any connection to Mars Machpelah. He says, because Mars Machpelah was bought for burying Sarah, not for burying Hagar. So everyone knows that it's Sarah and Avram living in Mars Machpelah. No one refutes that. So it has nothing to do with Yishmael. So even besides for the point that really all the Arabs living in Hebron are not even from Yishmael anyways, but, he, but besides that, Yishmael himself has no connection to it. 
And in addition, Yishmael is not even the one who is the, the Yerush, the, the heir of Avraham Avinu. He's, he's for sure not the heir of Sarah. Therefore, it's understood that this place is only Shaykh to the child of Sarah, which is Yitzchak, and not all the children of Yitzchak, like call Yitzchak, rather only Yaakov himself. Because right? definitely he bought it for the sake of Sarah, so that for sure you know, knocks out Yishmael. And he's, I, Avram Avinu, is himself buried in Mars Machpelah, but Yishmael's not his heir. Masim, a parsha, and Lamdi Yeser, Kach, and the end of this week's parsha, we learn even more than that. Kashir Magiyah's manch by Yishmael Nasa Per Adam Uba, but Tainas Betvias Shainas Mashunais, he says, at a time, time, period of time when Yishmael comes, like a wild individual, and he comes with these crazy claims. The Jewish people should not become afraid and be affected by it. The only thing that we need to mention is, and remind him, is that Yishmael, his whole existence is that he is the child of Hagar, Hamitzvah, who was the maidservant of Sarah. And he needs to know that when he tries to make himself his own identity, his own existence, and he's not the child of Shiv Chasar, then what happens to him when he, rec- he doesn't recognize his purpose, then I'll pay Kalach of Nafal, then he falls. And he's not successful. He's even non Jews believe in the Tarsh Bachsav. He says, then when these ideas will be very clear and certain by the Jewish people, and they will explain it to the Jewish people in the proper words, but also very clear words and revealed words, for sure they should not become depressed and uh, um, downtrodden and um, give up hope in front of the nations. Meaning, we come with confidence. For sure, we're not. Uh, we don't have any nefilas ruach in front of those who consider themselves the children of Yisrael. Then they will stop bothering the Jewish people. Then they will come to recognize and know, especially uh, through this, that their mazel ceases. We know that even goyim have some, have a spiritual source above, so that's called the mazel. So the mazel is able to see what happens spiritually. So they will recognize in this world, and definitely the mazel season in the higher world, which helps them um, do the correct thing in this world. And they will know, It's good for them, that and within it, also all of Eretz Yisrael, to all of its boundaries. That it's for their own benefit, that even in a revealed way, and even during the time of Golis, so the Ene Bnei Ches, in front of all the people of Bnei Ches, it's within the Jewish people's hands.